Sup, guys. In this edition of Carlos and Rafa being wrong, but somehow <laughs> still being right, uh, the Lakers <laughs> did not sweep the Heat. Let's uh, go. <laughs> but we are seeing, we're having a game six on Sunday because Danny Green missed a championship game winner and Marquise <laughs> Morris threw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> much to my dismay. Yes. <laughs> and much uh, to my so- enjoyment. <laughs> Uh, so Rafa and I will talk about our thoughts on games three to five of the finals, as well as some basketball news this week. My name is Carlos Sikia, joined as always by Rafa Squill. What up? Welcome to the Got Next podcast. First off, um, let's talk about the Seattle Storm. Seattle cha- Storm, WNBA the, champions. Yep, in a sweep against the Las Vegas Aces, if I'm correct. Yep, yep. I'm not um, going to lie. I did not watch any of this. <laughs> but Rafa, I think, has some thoughts. So, uh, Rafa, I'll give yeah. you the floor. So, I, I tried to watch some of the games. Like, Reddit was really inconsistent. So, I, at the very least, I watched the highlights. And... Firstly, Sue Bird is one of my favorite WNBA players of all time. Like the greatest like, bird of all time. It's, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Let's not do that. I, I don't want to make let's uh, not make that comp- there's no comparison to make. Let's just respect both of their talent. And yeah, everyone sure. on Twitter that was like, oh, Sue Bird is better than Larry Bird. <laughs> hey, Larry Bird let's stop. never stop got it. a triple double in the finals when she was 40. Dude, Larry Burke could barely walk when he was 40. Um, his back, his back was bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Sue Bird had that record of 26 assists um, wow. in the finals game. So insane. She was so good. She's insanely talented. Purest, purest point guard out there. Brianna Stewart was the finals MVP. And what's really crazy about that is that she freaking tore her Achilles 18 months ago. Ooh. And obviously she had the surgery, which is absolutely insane. Coming One year Achilles later. Tear, you're the, yeah, 18 months later, you're the freaking finals MVP? That is insane. That is awesome. KD, that's your blueprint right there. Yep, yep. That is KD, your blueprint. Because the interesting thing about Brianna Stewart is that she's, she's a power forward, but she plays like a, a, like a Clay Thompson type. Like she mm-hmm. runs off screens and all that stuff. Um, her footwork off coming off those screens is phenomenal. Like it, it's it's really good. Oh, sorry. To f- fact check to me here. Um, sorry, it's not twenty six assists. It's sixteen assists. That's the oh, okay. that's the record. Sorry for Sue Bird. Sorry, I think I had twenty six in my head, but it's sixteen. Uh, she's not that's, as good anymore. Her. She's no longer the greatest bird of all time. Not stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but um. The the finals overall was it wasn't close. <laughs> to be straight yeah, up, yeah, I looked it, it at the scores. Close. It was a blowout for most. Especially for game three. three, yeah, yeah. And even though the Aces had their the MVP in Aja Wilson, who played pretty good, and actually they run a lot of sets coming out of the triangle offense. They're not a big three point shooting team, which is really interesting. They were like dead last in the league in threes. But they old were school. like, yeah, very old school. But they were still dominating 
on the offensive end. You just the storm are a beast of a team. Like they're so stacked. Um, were they just? It was just like a. They were just out talented. Um, a little bit, but obviously Seattle, Seattle schemes like they have a lot more off ball action mm. that the Aces just couldn't guard. You know, I mean, Brianna Stewart is one, but Sue Bird makes all the right plays, all the right, all the right shots. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that it, it it was partly strategy, but obviously Seattle's talent leverages their strategy. So congrats to the Seattle Storm on winning another WNBA title. Uh, I think that's our fourth, fourth oh, title. Wow. Yeah, they're carrying the, is, the, the they're carrying the city of Seattle in terms yeah, of basketball. A, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we need a we need a, an NBA Seattle team for sure. Bring I think back it's the Sonics. A, bring back the Sonics. Let's get rid of the Clippers. Send 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 the Clippers to Seattle. <laughs> uh, did you want to add anything else on the WNBA, or should can we move on to no, NBA news? Let's let's move on. First thing I want to mention is the Montrez Harrell, the Hustle Award. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't know this was an award. I had no idea it existed. I just saw it I had on, no idea Shams, it on Twitter. I was like, whoa, yeah. this is an award. I was like, uh, so truthfully, like I saw this on our outline and I was like, wait, this is a thing? I don't really have many thoughts because I didn't really get a chance to think about it. He didn't really hustle um, a lot in the, in, in the Denver series. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of why we should announce these awards at the end of the regular season. Yeah. yeah. Hustle Award, I don't think we really care about. It's just interesting to note because I yeah, didn't even Marcus know it Smart existed. Won it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't Marcus know it Smart should have won it. Probably. Uh, Maybe. But, but I think the, the one thing that, the one that kind of stirred people's pots more was the uh, Executive of the Year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence Frank yeah. Uh, had in the, the, I think he's the GM or something of the Clippers. Mm-hmm. One executive of the year. And obviously, right now, that doesn't look like the best uh, idea. I mean, the best choice, since given how well the Lakers are, how well the Lakers gel together. Oh, for sure, for sure. Someone, I think it was Rachel Nichols that pointed it out on Twitter. This isn't like the all NBA stuff. The executive of the year is voted by other executives. It's not voted by media. Mm, interesting. So clearly, other GMs really thought that Lawrence Frank did a good job. And remember, it's not Lawrence Frank's job to to coach the team to, or to execute. They did, he, he just did, puts the roster together. He did build a good roster uh, on paper. He did. Which they technically yeah. should, yeah. They arguably should be in the finals. Now, but, one thing that I might push back on, though, is because we looked at the ballot and we thought Rob Pelinka should have gotten way more consideration. He wasn't even close to second or third. Really? I had no idea. Right? see the ballot. Yeah, Rapalinka finished seventh. So, yeah, which is atrocious. He basically did a similar job in constructing the Lakers as Lawrence Frank did. But the pushback I would have against Lawrence Frank is that they basically gutted all of their picks. The Clippers have no picks yeah. in, the next, in the first round for the next few years. So if, for some reason, PG and Kawhi leave next year... You know what I mean? Like, which is maybe possible. I, I don't know how realistic that is. But in the, in the event that that happens, you have no picks. Like, how are you going to rebuild from there? Sam Presti's looking really good right now. <laughs> okay, Sam see, Presti is looking so fantastic right now. From both, so many picks. From both uh, Clippers and Houston. Yeah. 
I mean, Sam Presti is another guy who probably should have gotten more consideration for it. He was second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a great job, too. I mean, considering uh, that they were projected to not make the playoffs to being the fifth seed yeah. and, a, and a solidly winning team and taking the Rockets to seven games, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, yeah, definitely Rob Palenka. I think it's just more on paper. The Lakers didn't look so good. And I... Right. So maybe that's why he, the the, the other executives are like, eh, don't really want. <laughs> I know, but like even even on paper, you can't deny that the Lakers weren't stacked at least. Like you can argue whether uh, just on paper whether the Clippers or the Lakers had a better roster, but just from the moves they made, like the Lakers didn't gut out all their assets. They did for their roster. They they got oh, rid they? of they got rid of uh, Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, well, no, I'm, the I'm talking about their picks. The fourth yeah, pick but like yeah, that's true. for Anthony Davis. They didn't gut their first round picks for the next five years. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true, of course, they had they had to give up Ingram and Lonzo. They weren't yeah, going to yeah. get Anthony Davis otherwise. Yeah, yeah, they, but exactly that's why this guy should be higher up on the on the ballot. But yeah, that's my point. I would have picked Rob Pelinka for Executive of the Year. Yeah, well, that was the big. That was, that's the only one that really like got people riled up. <laughs> Yeah, the Lakers fans. I mean, for for once, I would agree with the Lakers, the disgruntled Lakers fans. So <laughs> we'll talk yeah. more about that later. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. So um, another thing I wanted to talk about was a couple of injury stuff. Uh, I'll be pretty brief, but as we know, Isaiah Thomas has had hip issues since 2017. Mm-hmm. Um. Since the playoffs, he had to miss time in the playoffs in 2017. Boston during Celtics our senior David. year, so that sucked. But um, what a yeah. guy! Disappointing. Still, still like, but him. yeah, still love him. He was he was an all time great. But the king of the four. You can't avoid you, you can't avoid hip arthritis, which is what he had. So um, I'm gonna guess that he had basically bone on bone arthritis, worn out all the cartilage. So. Um, That's why he looks so immobile in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Basically, like he'd worn out. He has the arthritis that you know you would expect a really old person to have. Ooh. There's no cartilage. The bones of the joint are hitting each other, and so. That's why he was in so much pain. That's why his mobility was limited. That's why he just wasn't as explosive as he used to be. Mm. He had he had had a procedure before um, just to clean up. Some of that stuff, but you know, the clean-out procedure doesn't fix the arthritis. The procedure he just had, which is called a hip resurfacing, did. So it's basically, yeah. So resurfacing, it's basically when you, it's a basically a form of hip replacement. Okay. So he he essentially got a milder form of a hip replacement, which of course he's going to be in less pain because you took away the arthritis, and that. That specific surgery is meant for people who have arthritis but are too young or too active to get a true hip replacement. Mm-hmm. And other pro athletes have had it. Like there are a couple of NFL guys who've had it. Andy Murray, um, professional tennis player, had the same procedure. Bob Bryan, another tennis player, had it. And they've done pretty well. So I'm optimistic. Um, so Isaiah Thomas, I hope that you do well for that procedure. Do you I think-, think he's going to make a mini comeback. 
so do you think yeah how close I think what he came fourth in MVP in that uh, 2017 how yeah. close to 2017 IT can Mm-mm. we do you think we'll Mm-mm. see Mm-mm. at some point at this point because he's older as well it's he's older and 2018 19 and 20 that's three seasons where he really hasn't you know yeah been that level um, it's not like he's just getting this done right after so he might be slightly deconditioned make a Derek Rose type comeback he could be pretty good like a sixth man kind of scoring punch off the yeah, bench kind of yeah. role yeah exactly I hope so man uh, I hope so and then another injury type thing I wanted to talk about was Chris Tapps Porzingis as we know he had a meniscus injury on his right knee um, and so it got treated I'm not sure whether it was a repair, a meniscus repair, or a meniscus, basically a meniscus debridement, mm. um, which is going to affect... It's probably not going to affect the short-term outcome of next season. He's probably going to play regardless. The recovery from the repair is much harder, though. In the long term, he won't get arthritis, and he potentially will have fewer knee issues moving forward for the rest of his NBA career. Um, that's a good. That's so a I good hope one. it was a repair. Yeah, so I hope it was a repair, even though the short-term recovery is much harder. It'll be, it'll be good for him in the long run because obviously Dallas wants him to be healthy for the rest of his career. Isn't uh, so? Was this the same? This isn't the same knee that he tore his ACL in, was it? Uh, no, it was not. Okay, okay. Um, Man, his knees. I hope he can stay healthy because he's really good. I hope so too, for um, Luca's sake. Yeah, exactly. I think if they did the repair, then hopefully that'll limit the number of problems he has going forward. Hopefully. Yeah. Um. Actually, speaking of that, didn't like Dwayne Wade like instead of doing this kind of like repair to the meniscus, he like had it removed, like yeah, in, exactly. in college, and then late in his yeah. career he had knee problems. There you go. That's that's exactly the that's the exactly the reason why you would want to repair it. Because I, I understand, like, the the short term is, like, you'd be back playing basketball in six weeks. But, like, there have been studies that show that when you do the clean-out, because part of the clean-out surgery is you take out the, the injured meniscus. Mm-hmm. You don't just clean it out. You take it out. You take out part the part that's injured. It leads to increased pressure on the cartilage because the meniscus is a shock absorber. So yeah. if you take away some of that, it, it's not as functional as a shock absorber. And so there's more contact pressure in the joint, which leads to more injuries, From especially all jumping, to the cartilage. Jumping up and down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is brutal for, for NBA players. Right? Yeah, a lot so, of vertical um, movement. <laughs> yes, and there's a lot of joint reaction forces. Um, that, that could, like, doing that repair might have actually extended Dwayne Wade's career. I don't know for a fact if it would have. But I think the chances are greater. And I hope that that's what Porzingis did. Mm. All right. Well, um, hoping a speedy yeah. recovery for uh, Isaiah yes. Thomas and Porzingis. Um, yep, for sure. I think that closes out our news for this week. Yeah. I know you want to get to the, NBA, the talk about the NBA <laughs> Finals. So let's, let's get to it. We're going to talk about this game by game, but... Yeah, as, as we're much to Carlos's chagrin, he wants he wants to talk about Game Five already so bad. Yeah, so <laughs> we're recording this right after Game Five earlier this morning, Philippine time. Quite frustrated that the Lakers haven't won. I was wearing my Lakers jersey and everything. 
I guess I jinxed them because I wore my Lakers jersey. But let's most people on on Lakers Twitter were. But let yeah, let's starting with game three. Let's talk starting about with game, game three. three. Yes. So obviously the uh, the all time performance the, by Jimmy Butler. Jimmy yeah. Butler game absolutely incredible. I think uh, so. Someone showed on TV that that was the first time someone had outscored, rebounded, and assisted LeBron James in an NBA final. Yeah. Which, wow. And it's not like LeBron didn't have a good game. He said <laughs> really close to triple-double, I think, himself. Yeah. But... Um, and, yeah, the, the key to it was easy switches. I was like, what are you doing? This yeah. is exactly why the Lakers torched the Heat in game one. Easy switches. Yeah. So why are you doing it? They got it makes no sense. What they got like Kuzma, Morris, Pope on, uh, yeah. switched on to Butler, and he just cooked them, especially in that fourth quarter. <laughs> that was quite frustrating. The I don't know why coaches insist on doing this easy switching thing. Um, I think their strategy is always to, like, force a guy to beat you one on one. The Lake, like, obviously, the Lakers know. How to like, not give up the switch so easily because they did it in the following games. But <laughs> in this yeah. game, they I don't know why they didn't do it. In, they didn't make that adjustment in game, especially in the, yeah. late in the fourth when the, Butler was just cooking, cooking, yeah. cooking everyone who was anyone who was guarding him. Yeah, I mean he he drove past LeBron and out and like actually shoved LeBron in a couple of plays. I was like, yeah, he wow, had the one shot, like, is LeBron? a bad man. Damn. Yeah, LeBron gave up the switch way too easily, and I think Butler even scored him once. Yeah, I wish he, I wish he, the, the Lakers didn't switch so easily. Yeah, but yeah, that was like what the third forty-point triple double in the finals, the first one. Yeah, of a winning for a winning player. Because <laughs> the last, yeah. the last two came in losses. I think it was LeBron and I think Jerry West or something. Yeah, yeah. One interesting thing I noted about Game 3, though, is that despite uh, the Lakers losing, they had a ton of open shots that just didn't go down. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I was like, I still feel like the Lakers have this because they make two or three more threes. Maybe they're not, they win the game, maybe, you know? So it's not like the Lakers didn't have good shots on the offensive end. This is where I'm like, a couple of shots here and there change the series. So yeah, it's it's the adjustment that the Heat made. They stopped playing zone, and yeah, they really yeah. packed the paint on uh, LeBron and AD. Yeah, which like it's the right move to do, but yeah. at the same time, uh, the Heat planned on being beat by the Lakers shooters, and the Lakers had a ton of open shots. The Lakers shooters, you know did not what I mean? Them. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers shooters did not meet them. So I guess it was a good gamble. But again, the game was still really close. So. Yeah. But I think one thing that really messed the Lakers' flow up was the qu- two quick fouls on AD early in the early in the game. Yeah, AD was in foul trouble for most of the game, and then I think uh, he picked up his third quite early in the second as well. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, that really affected the Lakers' flow. It, it had to go a lot through LeBron and the the, the Lakers' best best second best player that uh, in the finals was just taken out of the game and I feel like it affected mm-hmm. his defense as well down the stretch he wasn't oh, yeah. as aggressive try, trying to avoid fouls you know yeah and one thing I, I noted on for game three as well is that down the stretch of the game Jimmy Butler and LeBron were basically going at it against each other on, 
on each end. And people were saying, like, why isn't AD getting more shots? Like, he needs to do better getting himself shots. But as we've talked about multiple times, is AD is more of a, an off-ball player. And so if the Lakers aren't running stuff for him, other than a post-up, he's not going to get much. And a post-up in the NBA, in the current NBA, is a huge disadvantage because the way the referees, which I think this is the biggest problem, the way the referees um, officiate physicality on a perimeter player versus a post player is way different. This way is different. So Davis is going to ca- get a post shot like 18 feet out when he should be on the block. But if they allow, if the referees ref physicality the same way, AD would catch it right on the block and he'd have a, a, a three or four foot hook shot. Yeah, I felt like in game three and game four, I think those two games in particular, I think Davis was spotting up way too much for my, for my liking. You know, they didn't yeah. get him involved in, in pick and rolls with LeBron as much. And that's a general trend of their whole season. Yeah, so it was it was kind of an, it was kind of frustrating just AD, you know, just standing in the corner on the wing while LeBron yeah. is getting a pick and roll with like Caruso, Caruso or someone, you know. Yeah. Setting this yeah. the pick. It was yeah. it was a frustrating game for from the Lakers point of view. I really feel like yeah. they they didn't they didn't show up to the game with the same intensity that the Heat that did and I think the Heat jumped in, jumped into a lead early on and it kind of showed well, this was the first game. I remember in our last podcast, I asked you if at any point did you feel like the Lakers were uncomfortable. You said no, and I agreed with you. This is kind of the first time I felt the Lakers were uncomfortable because this yeah. is when the Heat kind of turned up their defensive intensity and were playing up on, on the Lakers, particularly on AD and LeBron. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that the, the effort was lower, I just think the Heat did a really good job of making the Lakers uncomfortable. Because again, the Lakers didn't play a bad game. Yeah, I mean, it was close. It was still a close overall. Game. It was still razor close, and the Heat earned that win. But the the Heat's defense just took a couple of things away from the Lakers, just enough that the Heat could squeeze in a win. That's that's how I think this this played out, and that's exactly what the Heat should be have done the rest of the series. I don't know. I feel like they're it's not necessarily on offense that I feel like they, they had an okay offensive game considering AD was uh, mm-hmm. in foul trouble, but it was more in defense where their the scheme yeah, wasn't, yeah. As, wasn't as tight as it, as it should have been. No, as we mentioned earlier, they were just switching yeah. way too easily. Yeah, <sighs> I think I think this is a good segue in the game four because the game three defensive strategy for the Lakers was pretty poor. But what a change up in game four, though! Yeah, brilliant move. Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler. What a move. That was so interesting. It is immediately at the start was Davis on uh, Butler, which at first wasn't working because they were just switching Dwight. Again, easy switch. (laughs) So Butler cooked Dwight. Yeah. (laughs) Butler was like five for five in the first quarter. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, when I, on the first possession where I saw AD on Butler, I was like, damn, what a move. And then the easy switch, and I was like, "Well, what's the point? <laughs> the only what's person, the point? The only per, the only time you can switch is probably if it was LeBron's man screening." Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, that after the first quarter, that stopped. <laughs> yeah, that was which should have been from the get go. Really, Davis really um, put his stamp on the game 
on defense. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they, if the Lakers are doing that intentionally to try to let Butler get comfortable, like think he was gonna get the same stuff as last time, and then probably around the second quarter is when they had the on a pick and roll, Davis would just go under. Yeah, um, they would. He would go under, right? Uh, the, because Butler doesn't shoot threes. Yeah, he would go under. The guy would show, but not switch, mm-hmm. and then. Once the guy yeah. is rolled, then he would chase the roller and the AD would be right yeah, there. And yeah, scram. Yeah. It was perfect. And yeah. Butler... It was a great great switch. Butler wouldn't shoot <laughs> that game yeah. from the from mid-range. It was very yeah. weird from him, actually, considering well, he's a decent mid-range shooter. The thing with uh, that mid-range shot, though, is that Davis can hang with perimeter players. So a mid-range shot's not great in that scenario. I mean, if he's if he's... If he's going under the screen, you're open. Right, but if you're setting the screen at the three-point line, you're taking a long two, like a 20-foot shot, then that's not very efficient. Yeah, You'd rather him take a 15, 16-footer. If no. he's going to get contested by Davis, you want it to be closer. You don't want a long two. You want a mid-range two. No, but the screens were more like... they were. He was at the three-point line, but the screen was like around the top of the key. So when he's coming off it, he's like in the free-throw line area. Right, but Davis can contest it from there. But he's, he's not open. open. He's open. No, he's not he, open. He's, under he's the not screen. open. He's going under the screen. Right, but he can contest it. I got that fifteen exactly. footer. He's not. He's not open because he's because Davis is going to drop, but he's long enough to contest. That's why Butler didn't take that. It just seemed really, Butler would be open for twenty. Yeah, he seemed really. He just seemed reluctant, which he wasn't. You know, not to step on game five, but he was more. He was. He took. Yeah, he took those shots in game five. But anyway, I mean, the thing about that game, though, is that he was reluctant, but he didn't force shots, which is probably to Miami's benefit because game four was still pretty close. That was, a, yeah, that was, that was, I think, the best game to, of the series Un- to that up point. until game five. Yeah, to, that, to point, that point, for sure. It was a good game. It was a really exciting game. Yeah. Yeah. And Bam obviously came back. So this is kind of yep. like a must win for the Lakers because, yeah, one of the two injured players in the Heat are. Coming yeah. back, and they, if they tie the series, you know anything could happen. So, yeah, Davis showing up, LeBron shoot, LeBron showing up, uh, making a few threes in the third quarter to keep them in the <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, he got hot. He got hot. Those were huge, huge shots. Yeah, yeah. Because Davis, is, particularly in this game, wasn't wasn't on in the wasn't on offensively, standing on the corner again. And yeah. uh, I was so frustrated watching because he was just sta- it was so weird not seeing him. You know, trying to be aggressive. Yeah, but especially after watching him in game one and games one and two, but LeBron, yeah. Le- LeBron definitely carried the scoring and the playmaking. The game. thing is, like, they had stagnant offense, and that's 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 been a criticism of the Lakers the whole season. They have really stagnant offense sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. See. Which I think part of it is Frank Vogel not having this great system, but this is also kind of the drawback of having a guy like LeBron. You know what I mean? Like his obviously, he, I I consider LeBron the greatest floor raiser of all time because mm-hmm. of yeah. his ability to score and his ability to create for others. His passing is all time level stuff. But when he doesn't have anything to contribute off ball besides an occasional cut, then if he doesn't have the ball, then your offense is gonna suffer. Yeah, and guys like Davis who are more, I don't want to say reliant, but their game, the best part of their offensive game is getting open spins on a lob or a pick and pop where he's uber efficient. 
um, because he has so many tools in his offensive bag that aren't necessarily catered to being a one-on-one player. Um, if you have a guy like LeBron, in addition to a coach who doesn't have this great offensive system, it's going to look like you're not being super aggressive. Yeah. It was just frustrating to see him standing there. <laughs> for sure. And I, I agree with you. It is frustrating for Davis to just be standing there when he's like this all-time level talent offensively. Yeah. But I will say, though, when they did like get him to the post, he didn't try to force anything, which was good. Um, yeah. He got doubled, and then he kind of generated a few open, open yeah. threes from the, from, like, yeah, the swing-swing sure. kind of plays. He hit the he hit the and he hit the dagger three. He hit the dagger, but um, that said, his offense was pretty pedestrian for his standards. Obviously, he has he, he only had didn't 20, play poorly. You only had twenty two points. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. but like any other games, like Duncan Robinson scoring twenty two points would be huge. But that's it, it's a, a bit different. But um, the thing that was amazing about Davis with this game, and I think that he still deserved the game ball for this game. Was his defense? No, he was everywhere. His, I mean, that's as great of a defensive performance as you can have, and not just because like he was guarding Jimmy Butler, but throughout this whole series, even even in games in game five, people are reluctant to shoot against Anthony Davis. He's just, his rim protection is unbelievable. Yeah, dude, like Tyler Hero had a breakaway layup, and he just I don't know, it slipped, and like he just didn't hit the rim. Yeah, Davis was he, trying to chase him down. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but I mean, like, think about how many times Butler might have had a layup, but passed it up because AD was there. Yeah, no, exactly. I think there was one play that uh, th- that's in the sticking basketball video that Butler passed, laid it off to Iggy. Him and Iggy had a chance to shoot, but they just didn't even look at the rim. They just kicked it off. Yeah, because Davis was right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we give, we're giving him a lot of for the offense. Some of it deserves, some of, most of it not, I think. But yeah. his defense in the last two games has been pretty good. So I thought that his, defense was, his defense was the key to game four. Definitely, definitely. As, even though LeBron played well, I think AD's defense was the key to the Lakers winning game four. Finals MVP. Fair- <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely not after nice. tonight. <sighs> no. Um, so I think that's it for game four. I know you, you're itching to talk about game five. I think this is a good transition to game five. <laughs> we put here coronation game. Nope. Nope. Oh, they were, they, they were wearing the Mamba jerseys and everything. I know. They're undefeated I was, I was in the playoffs. Sad. Oh. Yeah. Those was supposed I to be the coronation. I was actually kind of sad that they didn't win. You know, I was obviously happy because I wanted the Heat to win. <laughs> I wanted the Heat to win that game. But, um, you know, I was kind of sad that they didn't win in the Mamba jerseys. That would have been so fitting. Uh, but, it would have been very fitting. But Mark Keith Morris threw away, the, threw away the championship in the last five seconds. Oh, he just <laughs> lost. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen uh, an edit of that video where Instead of the basketball, it's the Lyra Brand trophy that he's throwing out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that that would have been good. Um, in fairness, like, the thought was good because if AD gets a wide-open shot under the basket, that's essentially you won the game. But execution was pretty poor. 
Very poor. Very poor. <laughs> the ball landed in fucking Miami at that point. I don't know. <laughs> They're in Orlando. <laughs> plot twist. Dude, plot twist. It was Marcus Morris. <laughs> Marcus Morris put on the Lakers jersey. He oh. put on the Lakers jersey and blew it for the Lakers. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I mean, in fairness to Markeith Morris, he's been playing pretty well. He, yeah, he was. I think him, Markeith, and Kuzma had 38 points in Game Three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like actually, going back to Game Three, that's kind of it. Kind of sucks. The Lakers wasted that offense from those two. They're never. They're not. They're not getting yeah. that again. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I mean, Mar- Markeith Morris is shooting well on his catch and shoot opportunities, so um, you can't really blame him. Obviously, no. you can blame him for that, for that particular play, but he's not. He's yeah. You can blame him for that turnover. <laughs> Plus, LeBron was wide open on the wing, so. Oh. Danny, Green. but you know, yeah, and then Danny Green. So here, here's something I actually wanted to ask you too, because people on Twitter are blowing up on LeBron um, for not taking that shot. What What are your thoughts on that final play? Hmm. I mean, at that point, because he ran the screen and roll, he had to pass it. Right, that was the right play. Yeah, that so was the right play. I, I'm not. I, I won't. I won't blame him for making that pass because that was a great. That was a great shot. One thing I think we could criticize LeBron for, maybe because considering he was on fire in this game, instead of calling for a screen, he probably he could have switched, uh, waved it off, and go one on one, go on one on one with Jimmy. Yeah, I mean. Especially in a game like today, where he was making all a lot of his jump shots, you know, that's a. Do you think he should have just gone one on one? I mean, rather than what we got, maybe. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think the the pick and roll was better because it's not like LeBron has this big tool like toolbox of pull up jump one on one moves. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really. I mean, he doesn't have these crazy crossover moves. He doesn't have like a, a solid step back jumper that he can go to. LeBron's game is literally I am bigger, stronger, and faster than everyone. Yeah, I don't know. I feel with like- a with a with a passable enough jump shot that when I get hot, I can hit it. He was hot though. That's the thing. I feel like. He, yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. He should like that would have been his signature final mo- finals moment. You know, a game winner in the finals. Yeah, it would have. It definitely would have. Um, I wish he took but, the, he took the he, I wish he had the balls to take it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not um, mad at but, what the, the, at what direction that I mean what from what yeah. actually transpired him. I'm I don't I'm not gonna criticize him for passing that ball to Danny yeah Green. yeah. It was a great wide open shot for Danny Green. It was the right play. He did what he needed to do. He drew three guys on him. Danny Green had a wide open shot at the top of the key. It just didn't go down. Yeah. And Mark Marquis Morris didn't want to give him the ball back. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was Marcus Morris. <laughs> he said, let's just throw it out of bounds. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I want to he- say I wanna say first, I think the Lakers took the lead. I think it was like 90-89. And the Heat looked the, the Heat looked really tired. And Adrian with, with, shout out Adrian texted me. Congrats, dude. The, the Heat looked done. <laughs> And I was, I was like, nah, nah you, fucking, you fucking jinxed us. Adrian, you jinxed us. <laughs> Shout out to Wibbs. Thanks, dude. Good job. Strong work, Wibbs. 
Uh, you want to talk but, about um, the game yeah. as a whole? <laughs> we kind of just jumped into the fourth yeah, sure. quarter. Let's talk about the full game. No, yeah, we definitely did. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so one, one thing that was making me nervous about this game was generally the Heat had control of the game. They would go up by 10, but then the Lakers would cut it. They would go up by 10. The Lakers would cut it. And I feel like that's how the series was going to go if Miami was ever going to win. They were never... The Lakers could blow out the Heat on any given game, but I never felt that the Heat could blow out the Lakers on any given game. LeBron, so I guess that that's play, what played out. Yeah, LeBron so definitely, um, he kept them in it. Because like when they were up 11, when they yeah. were up 7 or something, LeBron hit some timely three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a waste. It was, such an, it was a really good performance from LeBron in this game. Yeah, we, it, they, it was a waste of a... Waste of an all-time performance. And I think I, I sent you a stat on Twitter um, about their involvement. So uh, there is in um, Davis and LeBron. They accounted for 87 of the Lakers' 108 points. That's 81%. That's including shots and um, assists, obviously. Oh. So James and Davis went 24 of 36 from the floor, while the rest of the Lakers went 14 of 46. Oh, dude, we had, yeah, not no one, no one was shooting well on the bench. Yeah, well, well, like yeah. people, players like freaking Kendrick Nunn, <laughs> Duncan Robinson yeah. finally, finally had his game. He had his game. Tw- what was he? Twenty six points. Twenty six all time level shooting. Of, Incredible. Seven of thirteen from three. I don't. Then some of the threes that the Lakers let him shoot were like. Come on, man. You're falling asleep. KCP let him relocate. And we just lost him off the ball. Yeah. So did Kuzma. There was a one. one. It's quite... Yeah. And then obviously once he... And then he got a couple wide open ones that Defender. he just missed. Yeah, but when mm-hmm. you're defending that guy, yeah. man, you just can't let him get any open shots even if he misses. You really just have to chase him around because he doesn't have anything else. Um, <laughs> there was... Get a dunk, even... man. Okay, so that... For... Yeah, but... That's Barely the only putback Duncan Robinson's ever gonna have. That's the only putback Duncan Robinson's ever gonna have. Um, but um, oh my God. there was actually one play. I think it was Robinson's last three. Uh, I'm not sure. Where KCP kind of ran into Caruso as Duncan Robinson changed directions, which got him the open three. Yeah. I was like, as when I saw the replay of that, I was like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? They ran into each other. And then I think they there was ran one into each other. And then um, I think Kuzma fouled him on, like on a on a three-pointer as well. Yeah. And Kuzma's like, I didn't foul him, I didn't foul him. You freaking foul him. Oh no, it was a it was a clear, <laughs> obvious foul. What an it was an obvious foul. Oh. Even the one on Jake Crowder, too. They were like, it wasn't a foul, but it was definitely a foul. He couldn't land. Yeah, oh my. Early in the game, Davis aggravated his right heel contusion that I had no idea he had. And then looks like... Yeah. Which, and then he looked fine after that, actually. But then in ga- like late, in game, late in the game, he, he hurt yeah, it again yeah. or something? Uh, it looked like he might have hurt the other ankle. Was it the other foot? I didn't notice, I didn't notice which yeah. leg. Which... What did he have the ankle sprain on? It was his left ankle in game left four. Ankle. Game four against the Nuggets. But the heel contusion's on the right. Mm. 
Oh, yeah, but I was talking about like in late in the in the fourth quarter he was limping again from the same from the from the heel as well, right? Which was not like I hope he's okay for game, I think so. game six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, heel contusions from my experience they suck. They're just gonna get worse and worse until you stop what you're doing. Just a simple like uh, an ice cup massage and uh, a heel pad should do him enough that he can. He can play. I don't. I have no doubt that he's gonna play. Okay, that's good. Do you think he'll be any yeah, like, less mobile? Um, well, maybe a defense. little bit, but <laughs> it didn't affect his defense really. Um, because he still had a pretty good defensive game this game. Yeah, yeah. Not quite the masterpiece of game four, but I still felt that in game five there were times when guys drove. If they wouldn't and still didn't want to shoot against him. Yeah, he's too long, man. Yeah, That's and he's crazy know, mobile for a for a big, but yeah, I I don't see Anthony Davis as potentially not as sitting out. He's gonna play. He's gonna play. That's good to know. Let's back to the game. Uh, so besides the uh, the Davis injury, one thing that kind of affected was, I think they noted in the broadcast they had to take a couple of timeouts because of it, and they had, they had yeah. three timeouts left with nine minutes to go in the second quarter. So, I don't know why they didn't intentionally foul. Yeah, so that kind of could have done that. I think they only had, yeah. So in the fourth quarter, he only, Vogel only had one timeout, and I'm sure like I think it was two or one. He had to like you know be very resourceful with his timeouts. What's the right word? <laughs> he had to be conservative. Conservative, he had to be conservative with go. his timeouts. Thank yes, you. yes. Uh, but for sure, yeah, because the heat went up a few, went up eleven a couple of times, and he couldn't you know break break the break the run. Yeah. By calling a timeout, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know if that kind of affected it for the Lakers. It might have affected the game a little bit. I felt that that was not a good use of a timeout. He should have intentionally fouled someone. Yeah, that would have been much better. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about in Game Five? Because I mean, it was it was a fantastic game. I I was on the edge of my seat because, I mean, the stakes are so high. It's Winner go home for Miami and then a championship for the Lakers, you know? Um, the best game of one of the best games of the playoffs. It was one of the best games of the playoffs for sure. Um, I really hope that we get more. Not the wood. Game six, no. I think, and as a, if I was a neutral, I would also want a game seven, but. I yeah, but you're not a neutral. You just want the Lakers to win. I don't want. That. I, quite, although, as a former, like, not so. LeBron lover. It would be funny if he blew a 3-1 lead. <laughs> stop with the for- No, stop with the former. You're not a former. You still give him <laughs> You just you just tolerate him because he's on the Lakers. Stop it. Okay. I can tell because like even in game 3 you were like, "Oh, MVP FMVP is still up for grabs." Like, "Nah, dude, it's firmly in LeBron's hands." No. <laughs> firmly. There's no that Butler Butler took it in game 3. Well, if if the Heat win, obviously, but I don't think the Heat are gonna win, so it's in LeBron's hands. Like, yeah, it's, it, it, definitely after Game Five, it's in LeBron's hands. Just because I feel like um, Anthony Davis, quote unquote, disappearing for stretches, even though it's not necessarily true, as we've talked about, is gonna be enough for LeBron to just have the Finals MVP. Like, people are gonna look at the box score and the story; both are in LeBron's favor. That's true. That's fair. Um, let's see. Is there is there anything else we need to talk about with the game? Because 
we've covered most of it. I think the Lakers' defensive scheme, they still tried the, the Davis on Butler and going under the screens. And I think the adjust, I figured that the adjustment for that would be either you set a really high ball screen for Jimmy. Davis is obviously going to drop, but when he's backpedaling, Jimmy Butler might be able to catch him on a step back pull up, or if he has enough momentum, go all the way and get a foul. Or you set a really low screen where if Davis goes, goes under, under the screen, open shot. That, that's a wide open 16 footer for Butler. Um, and the Heat kind of did both, but Davis's heel contusion limited it a bit. Limited it, yeah. His so, effectiveness. Um, yeah. And then the, the Lakers went back to switching a little bit. Several times, Butler just got Markeith Morris on him. Yeah, that's what he was. He, him and LeBron in the last few minutes were going bucket for bucket. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah. actually one of the. It was a duel <laughs> between Butler, yeah. and Lebr- Butler and LeBron. Kind of sucks why yeah. Le- LeBron didn't take the shot in the <laughs> Yeah. And then the Heat defensive strategy was I, I mean, it that really didn't change. It's pack the paint against LeBron and Davis. Yeah, I feel like at this point there's not much you can really adjust. Because it's the fifth yeah, game yeah. player. And it's clearly worked. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. The teams are deep into their playbooks. <laughs> yeah. It does help that Miami has Bam out of bio back because if they didn't, then guarding AD would have been a huge problem. Yeah, actually, I feel like we didn't talk about Davis, uh, Bam enough in game four and in, in, so far, actually. Uh, how do you think he looked uh, coming off his injury? I feel like he didn't really, didn't really look like he was affected by it, but he didn't play as no. well as he was before. As he was playing before. Yeah. And I think that's partly because the Lakers can take away this, most of the stuff that he does well. So he's, he's really like a facilitator, high post big. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Lakers have done a really good job being aggressive on a lot of those cuts. So they are taking away a lot of Bam's passing ability. And they're not using... I feel like the Heat aren't using Bam in the pick and roll as much. Because if, yeah. if Anthony Davis is on Butler, then who's guarding Bam? Dwight Howard. It's normal. Sometimes they had LeBron on him, right? Sometimes they had LeBron on him too. Um, so I think that Bam can be a little more aggressive looking for a shot on a roll or on a pop. Bam did have a couple of lobs where he finished, which is good. But yeah. just because of the way the Lakers are defending um, the off-ball guys, which they're being very aggressive, chasing them over screens uh, to try to take away the Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero off-ball screens, then it limits the, what Bam does. Now, Bam had a couple of passes to Jimmy Butler when he would cut backdoor, but again, few and far between. Yeah. He did, he's still playing well defensively, though. He is. He is. Whenever he gets switched onto LeBron or when he's guarding Davis, it's, he's, he, yeah. he holds his own <laughs> as much as he can against those and guys. His, and his presence there, just being one of the few guys who even can even hope to contain Davis, it helps Miami scheme a little bit because if you have Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard there, then you know you have to put more resources towards stopping Davis, which takes away resources from guarding LeBron, and that's just a recipe for disaster for the Heat. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's why not no no Kelly no Kelly Olynyk in this game. Um, yeah, which is probably a plus for the for the Heat. Mm-hmm. The Heat did only play seven guys. They really shortened their rotation. 
Yeah, Jimmy Butler played uh, 47 minutes, man. What? 47 out of 48 minutes. He was exhausted. <laughs> he looked so tired, and man. I, I, he looked so tired. He was you just... see him limp off limp off the off the podium after the game? Oh, no, I didn't His see legs that. look like they're killing him. His was, legs were so sore. Actually, you know, he was like very slow going up the up and down the court. I feel I feel like he was on the verge of like cramping or something. He probably was, but he still made a couple of baskets after that and getting getting to the line. That's that's I mean Jimmy Butler. Wow, what a very clutch all time performance. Very clutch both he uh, is, LeBron and David uh, LeBron and Butler this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. all time performance from Jimmy Butler. What a, what a I mean, duel. what what can we say about it? What a this is shaping out to be like this all time duel between LeBron and Butler. It's it's, it's great. It's awesome. Great. Since game it's three, great. it's been great actually. Since game three, for sure, man. We got um, our wish. Actually, we got our wish. Oh, for sure, we got our wish. <laughs> Any anything else we want to add? Um, I guess we can talk about what you think will happen in game six. Yeah, let's do it. I am really hoping that they extend this to a seventh game. Partly because, you know, I don't want the Lakers to win. Partly because I, I do just want more more NBA basketball. Because who who knows when we're going to get NBA basketball again? We don't know. We don't know. We really don't. So the longer this goes on, the better. So wait, wait, that's what you want. What do you think? <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I do think that the Lakers are going to Finish it in the sixth game. The lake, the, the Heat just look exhausted. Yeah, I, I, I'm not as. <laughs> I want to say the Lake. I I, I want to still want to lead Lakers, um, for Game Six. A Game Seven would be fun, but maybe too nerve wracking. <laughs> I mean, our our pre-finals prediction was Heat and or sorry Lakers and Six, which is very much in play right now. It is very much. It's it, it's prob- It's likely. I want to say. And uh, your prediction for finals MVP? LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Oh, uh, it, it was. I, I, I'm going to stick to my argument that AD was right there with him after four games, but LeBron's all time performance, game five. Unless yeah. Davis has like 50 and like 20 or something in game six and it closes yeah. it out and hits a game winner and, the, blocks, yeah. and blocks Butler, who's trying to tie the game or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that sucks about Davis's game is that it's so underappreciated that all the smaller things that he does, um, they're not going to get noticed. And LeBron's like massive box score numbers are just going to put him in the M- Finals MVP, and yeah. there's no going to be no question about it. Yeah, go Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> go Heat. And those were our thoughts on some basketball news this week as well as the NBA finals did Lawrence Frank really deserve to be the executive of the year Um, how do you think the rest of the finals will play out go Lakers go heat who is your pick for finals MVP AD nah dude no LeBron Um, LeBron it's LeBron who's got next